This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. He was gone. He was off to the races. Just when you thought it was going to be a huge play, a big missed field goal return up the left. Talk about an explosive sudden change play. This place is deadly quiet right now. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. It is the Blue Bomber Podcast. It's GMAC along with Doug Brown and Doug who could have imagined the Blue Bombers would be in this situation, needing to go into Calgary and win the game in order to secure themselves a home playoff spot? I would suggest that neither you nor I would have believed that, mm, what, three, four weeks ago? Well, you had two opportunities, right, against sub-500 teams. Uh, perfect opportunities, ripe opportunities, just handed to you. Here you go. Obviously, these teams are are, are playing well. BC played their best game in a while, and, and Toronto is on the upswing. But still, uh, these are teams that historically have not been good in 2017. And uh, unfortunately, business was not taken care of. And now you find yourself in uh, a situation where you have to weigh the health of your players versus the importance of securing or attempting to secure a home field playoff game. There was a point in time when it would have meant all hands on deck. The first and and only concern would have been to get that home playoff date. How do you feel about that as we head into Friday's game against Calgary? And right on 680 CGOB last night, Mike O'Shea announced that Matt Nichols will not play for the Blue Bombers. So take us down your road of thinking, Coach Brown. Yeah, well... You know, that's just it. I think that is the right move. I think Matt Nichols not playing. I think you can't risk it because if you put him out there against Calgary and that happens again, if his calf muscle is not fully recovered, um, if it's still strained or injured or it limits him in every way, guess what? Your playoff chances are done. You know, we got a, a close up and personal look at what the other options are after Matt Nichols. And it's not pretty. And, you know, you don't want – Rome wasn't built in a day. And certain uh, quarterbacking prowess in Winnipeg doesn't just land on your lap here. So these guys, you know, obviously we've seen Lefevre play a lot better in in other um, scenarios and and, uh, on other teams and and for us as well. And uh, Dominic Davis, you never know. Maybe that was his wake-up call, right? Sometimes it can take more than one game getting these guys at the helm. Granted, Davis has been in the program for three years, but he hasn't had a lot of exposure. They both looked a thousand times better in the preseason. But regardless, the early indications and returns right now are if Matt Nichols is not playing in your playoff game, if he is compromised in your playoff game, you're dead. It's over. It's done. You know, why bother? So I think that's a brilliant, a smart, uh, the safe move to not play him in Calgary. But then and again, if you're not playing Matt Nichols, you might as well not play anybody that has anything wrong with them because your odds of winning, unless Calgary... You know, trades uh, puts Ryan Dimwitty. Is he coaching there? I don't know. Puts him he is, yes. in the lineup. <laughs> unless he's playing instead of Bo Levi Mitchell. They're going to win that game if Matt Nichols is not playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, unless there's some sort of divine miracle and and people start walking on water uh, across the river to watch the game. Who knows? Well, and you um, don't want to use it up in Calgary Friday night yeah. anyway, do yeah, you? So if, you don't want to use up your magic this week. you got to save the magic for the next three if weeks. If Nichols isn't playing... If you have so much as a Band-Aid on your, on your forearm, you should not also be playing in Calgary either because if you're going to get a home playoff game, now it's just up to Saskatchewan. It's going to be Saskatchewan and Edmonton to make that determination. All you should be concerned with and worried about, 
getting your guys as healthy as possible for the one and done scenario, which is coming up next week. That's eight, eight, yeah, eight days. That's from coming up Friday. in a hurry. So yeah, I, if I see Andrew Harris on the field on Friday, I am probably going to put my foot through my television because he should not. You know, this isn't even a week after the kind of hit we all saw him take. And that's just not to me. You know, I don't. I don't understand. I'm not criticizing, condemning anything yet because I haven't seen it yet. I don't believe he will play. But uh, if there are some guys out there that are nicked up, I will. It will be a serious head scratcher for me. Okay, so Timothy Flanders. Don't call me Ned Flanders. Oakley, Oakley. Probably not going to play this week either. We've already discussed this last week. Do they have any options at tailback? What are they going to do? Uh, the, the, there are a litany of questions that come down and cascade from this decision, and I think you've highlighted most of them as we speak. The Bombers are in a closed practice. I imagine some of those answers are being divulged to the rest of the team right now, and the media will learn a little bit more as we make our way through the week. But let's break down this opportunity that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have before them. And I'm stumbling on my words now, because I do from time to time, And but I told you this was going to happen. Human. I told you this was going to what, happen. What did you tell me was going to happen? I told you that there was a every possibility that when the Blue Bombers suited up for their playoff matchup, their first home game in six seasons, it would be the Saskatchewan Rough Riders coming to town. And when I mentioned it, you looked down, your nose at me, and now here we are. It hasn't happened yet. You think they want to win this game against Edmonton? Of course they want to win this game you think, you think it's You think it's an easier path to the Grey Cup going through the West than it is through the East? Doug, I've learned to love you over these last few weeks, and I take you at your word. You go to win every game, don't you? There's no way that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to put the fix in on themselves. No, no, but they don't have to play all their starters, right? That's how their approach to the game is obviously to win. But who you put out there, who you field for that You're game, will determine. You're telling me it may determine. not be obvious for that it may be their play to win. What do you mean? Well, if they don't start, yeah, if, if, they, if they don't, they don't start, play other starters, th- that'll tell me they want to go through the East, right? <laughs> right? And if they play, you know, if they start Kevin Glenn and and and, and Deron Carter's playing, you know, punter and safety and everything, yes. they're doing all that. Then that means they want to go through the West, right? So what they choose to do when they host the Edmonton Eskimos will tell us everything we need to know about which side Saskatchewan wants to be involved. If they're like, oh, we need, we want to rest these guys, that'll mean yeah, you're scared of the West, you want to go to the East, and if they don't, that means they think coming to Winnipeg, where they already got it handed to them this year, and then going to Calgary. Do they you think they really think shot. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are scared to come to Winnipeg at this point? I don't think they are scared of anyone, including the Calgary Stampeders. Well, I think that's an overinflated uh, sense. I, I think that's Saskatchewan in a nutshell, right? Seeing more and over-evaluating your talent and seeing more in what you have than what you actually do have. I would not be surprised at all if they think they're the Grey Cup favorites and champions. I just know I was here for the Banjo Bowl, and I, was, I saw all three times that uh, Winnipeg played Saskatchewan this year. I think Winnipeg matches up very, very well against them, especially if they're healthy. Um, obviously, there are some guys that won't be back for Winnipeg. But, you know, that have played Maurice Leggett, yeah. Darvin Adams yeah. are almost well. Two of those three are guaranteed not to be in the line. But if you have a Flanders back and you have a healthy Wesson Dressler and this Chris Givens guys is coming along and and Matt Nichols is healthy and and running probably even in that game and they're selling out and some special teams wizardry from uh from Michael Shea 
I like the Bombers' chances uh, if Saskatchewan wins that game and comes here. I will wow. never pick Saskatchewan over Winnipeg in a home game. I so, like your Spunk Brown. I yeah, really do. And uh, those guys, there's so many new guys on that team in Saskatchewan, too. I don't think they've played in conditions like they will play in Winnipeg yet. Maybe some of them have. Obviously, Kevin Glenn has. But I also know that Kevin Glenn is no super excited guy about playing in, in winter weather conditions. What do you know about Kevin Glenn oh, and I know what he likes about to Kevin play Glenn. So, in and what type of so weather he I, you know, um, I'm just I'm more concerned about the Bomber approach to this Friday, um, but it will be very interesting Saturday the next the next day, and not only who Saskatchewan right. chooses to start in that game, oh. um, but you know the outcome of that game obviously will determine what happens for this for this team in the, in, in the playoffs. And so those are those are two must watch uh, games for sure. Okay, so uh, you know this past weekend Saturday afternoon there wasn't a huge crowd at IGF. The weather was a little cold. If the Bombers managed to somehow Eco to win in Calgary. I guess that's, you know, and Edmonton comes to town. Are we going to see a full house? If Saskatchewan comes, that place will be nuts. Yeah. I mean, really, in terms of Canadiana, that is the scenario that I think, you know, if you haven't got your heart into it and you're just kind of looking at it from a general observation standpoint, that is a dream scenario, right? To have yeah. Saskatchewan coming in here. And we may be preempting our next podcast, which is something you accused me of doing last week. So let's leave that alone for a minute. Do the bombers. Without Matt Nichols. Not a, no. Like, I don't even have is, to, is, have is to that, finish is, the question. I'm just going to say no. So that's why we're already talking about next yeah. week. If you're wondering yeah. why we've kind of just kind of glanced over the idea of the Bombers playing a game this Friday. We're talking about the Saturday game between Edmonton and Saskatchewan because without Nichols playing, both, like there's just no way. Unless Calgary cares even less about this game, you know. The, but can you see that? Well, I can't see Calgary wanting to lose three games in a row. Correct. You know, and then taking a week off, mm-hmm. right, before they're their, their game to go to the Great Cup. They, they got one, all they have to do is win one game to go to the Great Cup in, right. in Calgary. And I just can't see, with them getting the first week off by week, I think they're going to play their starters a minimum of half that game, if not three quarters. What did you think of that hit on Andrew Harris? There was no flag on that play. It's football, man. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you don't mind that like helmet it. to helmet stuff? I, uh, it's honestly, you know... I think I said you don't mind it. I didn't suggest you liked it. You don't mind it? It, it happened. I don't know. It's To me, when you're coming full speed and you see, you know, you're, you're covering Andrew Harris out in the flat and you're making a break on him and all, all of a sudden his ability to turn up field is hampered and hindered by the horrible pass, the hospital pass. By the way... If there's not a thank you, uh, I'm sorry, or uh, a get well card that Dan Lefevre is, is, you know, he should be going to Andrew Harris's house every day, bringing him chicken soup and a little head compress with some Tylenol on a daily basis and pleading and begging his forgiveness because that's his fault, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I could pretty much throw that that swing pass out to the flat. Oh, I can promise you, I can, yeah, I better, can throw that pass every than single what we day. Saw, oh, right? no, I could throw it exactly the way Lefevre did every single time. But so uh, 99 times of 100, Andrew is able to corral that pass, turn up field, and protect himself, sure. right? It was, a, it, was a, it was the fact that this guy's breaking on the ball, coming downhill, trying to make a tackle, trying to limit him to gaining no yards on the play. And Andrew always a lot lower 
already than he'd normally be and doesn't have really any time to react once he gets squared up, bam, instantaneous, right? You can't control as a defender coming downhill, trying to protect every single yard. You can't control what body position uh, your opponent's going to be in, uh, especially when he's catching a football. You can't control where it's going to be thrown. So I think it's unfortunate. I don't think guys deliberately go out and headhunt anymore. But the reason you can't challenge stuff like that is because every single snap on the line of scrimmage, you could find there is helmet like to helmet contact between right. an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Right. So the only reason these protections are in place for quarterbacks and for like defenseless receivers, things like that, is you know these are are blatantly obvious and uh, um, you know not an every down occurrence. Like you get all of a sudden if you can challenge this play. Then guess what? All I'm doing is is looking on the line of scrimmage and throwing a flag sure. every opportunity you have because you know there's helmet to helmet con. You can see it every time, every every snap of the play on the line of scrimmage. Right. So it's unfortunate. I don't think it was deliberate. Um, you don't like to see. I mean, the state that Andrew Harris was in after. You just look to the player. I don't even look at him. I was looking at the player that's motioning to the sideline, and you look at the panic. And how frantic that guy was, that's how you know how serious that condition that was. Wave, that wave is a definite yeah. barometer. Which is right? why I think there's absolutely, with Matt Nichols not playing on Friday, there's yeah. little to no reason other than gamemanship. Why, and like, there's no, re- I don't care what Andrew hit. I, I wrote in my column if he presents an equation to the Board of Energy to, to solve the world's energy crisis, okay? I still don't want him playing on Friday. It's six days later. You know, it's just not it's not worth it to your football team. And, uh, you know, leave it up to Saskatchewan and Edmonton to figure it out. Hopefully they beat each other to hell, yep. figuring out who's going where, when, and, and why. And just get your guys as healthy as possible because going into Calgary and winning without Nichols, to me, is... Uh, you're uh, unless you have, you know, you're inserting horseshoes up all your players, you know, on the on the plane on their way up the stairs to the plane. That's not going to happen. And regardless, they're going to be playing the hottest team in the league, right? Whoever comes out of that game, Edmonton versus Saskatchewan, is on a, a huge heater, six in a row. And uh, whether it's Winnipeg going to Edmonton or Saskatchewan coming here, I mean, you're going to be playing uh, the team that's the hottest in the league. Yeah, and I will say one more thing. Obviously, everyone wants the the positive. Uh, feelings or momentum and and that you know that that team togetherness that coming into the playoffs and wing streak brings with you but at the same time everything that's happened in the regular season just goes Out away the window right it's, your slate is wiped totally clean guess what it's switch gears time now it's it's playoff time nothing you accomplished before means anything yeah you might be playing well you might have this confidence you might have this momentum but guess what that doesn't matter anymore uh, this is a football team that is now experienced in the playoffs um, they came very close to going to the western final last year and I think if they're healthy and or if they get a home game even if they go to Edmonton, they've won in Edmonton, right? They can beat that team in Edmonton. They don't have to look too far down the the game film well, in fact, um, they've library. Won their, they've won their last two exactly. visits there, right? Exactly. So I think as much as ideally you want to be going into the playoffs on a wing streak, it's not necessary because guess what? If you have a veteran team, if you have guys that have been there and done that before, they understand Hey, it's time to step it up collectively as a group. We'll get some healthy bodies back. You determine your own outcome. Six years ago, I might not have believed you if you were sitting 
in your stall following a loss in Calgary November 3rd uh, in the snow, in the rain, or in the sunshine. But six years removed from that, I'm buying what you're selling, Doug Brown, that it's a completely different season and a separate scenario. Whether Bomber fans call or text, Bob Irving makes sure your questions get answers from Mike O'Shea. It's your chance to stay connected to the blue and gold. The Payworks Bombers Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea and Bob Irving, Monday at 7 on CJOB. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. We want to thank you for downloading, sharing, and of course subscribing to the podcast. You've made us the most popular CJOB associated podcast. We want to thank you very much. And we look forward to talking to you before the next Blue Bomber game, which will be the Western Conference semifinal. Regardless of what happens in Calgary, we hope that you'll stick around and we'll catch up to you next time on the Blue Bomber Podcast. Welcome back to the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Let's get back to the action. Justin Medlock bounced back nicely. Thank you very much. Seven for seven last weekend, as you predicted that he likely would. So hopefully he is back on track. What, what are going to be the keys as we look forward before we uh, wind up the, the podcast this week? What are the things we're going to be looking for to, to get on track? Maybe not Friday night, but as we make our way through practice and towards that Western semifinal, what are going to be some of the keys for the Bombers? Is, is it going to be a personnel thing who they can migrate back into the lineup as much as anything else? I think it's just going to be getting back to things that they were successful with earlier on in the regular season. I think the huge part will be getting Flanders back and opening up Andrew Harris and, and having Andrew rested maybe a little bit, getting Travis Bond back in the lineup, having that great protection from that offensive line, ha- having the ability to have a balanced attack, being able to run the ball, having that two-pronged back attack there. And defensively, like you say, it's just figuring out how, you know, what kind of attention to detail. Hopefully they've been through you know the doghouse and the ringer long enough in these uh, past two losses that they can get back to some cagey opportunistic ball hawking style in in critical moments in a game that's really all you're going to ask from them you know the yardage is going to happen but at times they can be stingy on points and they can rise to the occasion when the game is on the line. So I think those are the things you want to get back to embracing as a football team. You know, those last two games, right, regular season games uh, against BC and Toronto, we're talking 40 minutes to 20, yeah. essentially, in terms of uh, time, time of, of possession. possession. And we we know what the Bomber defense does. They give up yards, we understand that. But if the offense is not on the field eating up clock themselves, all it's doing is giving the opposition more and more opportunities to control the ball. So the offense not performing is a double-edged sword for this defense that does give up yardage, that does give up those explosion plays. So the key in my mind is getting Nichols going, eating up time on the clock when the Bombers have the ball so the other team doesn't have quite so much time to work with. Yeah, I think one of the things this football team was best at uh, in stretches where they were playing very well this year and for large stretches of 2016, they were able to play complementary football. And what that means to me, say for example let's start with the defense defense has been on the field for a while that means your offense comes on and they give them a rest so they don't have to score they don't have to march the entire field but they put some first downs together they give those guys a rest okay and then conversely say your offense scores and they do really well and they're in a groove and they're feeling it 
That's when your defense comes on the field and they get a two and out and they get the ball back to those guys. That's complimentary football when they feed off of the the positive momentum from one another. You know, it's uh, defense gets a two and out, offense moves the ball. Okay, offense scores, defense you know does their part. It just it, they feed off each other. They go back and forth. Defense makes a big play. Offense reacts. We've seen that so many times where they've had a takeaway defensively and the offense responds. Right. We did- didn't see that this past Saturday. Yeah, it's a classic example. Is when uh, the Blue Bomber defense force a big fumble. They carry the ball down to the twenty yard line and they go two and out yeah. from the twenty. Right. Traditionally, that turns into seven points, and exactly. so you can take and you can live with the defense giving up the yardage when they do some of these things every once in a while. Special teams on Saturday afternoon. Kevin Fogg, sixty-five yard punt return. You got a block punt. You get a touchdown out of that, and. So so the only part of the game that was not doing, or the part of the team of the three facets of the game that weren't doing their job was the offense. The Bombers were still in that game with seven minutes left in spite of the fact that their offense was completely inept. In fact, going into the final drive of the first half, they had exactly 42 yards of total offense. That was because of special teams play and the odd good play on defense. Yeah, special teams really was the the one phase of this football team that was outstanding, you know, in the game against BC. So were it not for them, and that's kind of, you know, that's a different wrinkle for this football team is they've been able to stay close or competitive if one out of the the three phases on their football team is doing well that day and uh, against BC we saw it was it was special teams but you know they get back to those three phases you know we haven't seen a game where all three phases have really like there's been a couple of games where the defense actually did dominate and that's why they won right mm-hmm. and there's been obviously a number of games where the offense used to dominate and that's why they won they carried everybody else there's just got to be something that can happen. You know, odds were dictate that sooner or later, you know, at one point, you're going to get all three phases on on the same page and, and complementing each other and at at full capacity and, and operating and executing at a high level. And that's when, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for this football team. Two out of three will do it, though, right? Yeah, yeah, you that's all you need. need you exactly. need two out of three. Doug Brown, uh, we've conceded defeat to the Calgary Stampeders Friday night. I look I'm forward not to... even going. That's how... That, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's even... I'm not even going. I'm like, you're, Bob, come on. You're not even come getting on. on the plane. I'm just kidding. No, I've got work things, but I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, okay, so. so that was part of the original plan. We yeah, don't want yeah, to be yeah, starting Nothing sort just of to do here. with the competitiveness of the game, but I think it's kind you of funny now. You weren't going anyway. I tell everyone, oh... Matt Nichols is playing. I'm not going. (laughs) That's Doug Brown. This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. I'm Greg Mackling. Thanks for hanging out with us for a bit. Doug, we'll see you in a few days, buddy. All right, my friend. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at cjob.com.